GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and joining me, not my guest, not a returning <laughs> guest, not a classic guest. We have an actual legit co-host with me, Hovercraft Joe. What's up, LBJ? You have weird, been promoted. I'm getting a weird sense of deja vu with this opening, but it's I very like strange. it. It's like we kind of did it before. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I'm not your guest. Uh, we do have a guest with us today, not in the studio. We're not in the studio, but someone here to help us celebrate the last of our spooky October movies. I can't. Anyways, returning guest, one of our favorites, uh, Devin. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, Devin? Gentlemen, it's great to be here. I appreciate you having me back. It's, yeah, I mean, we, it's good to have you back. I mean, yeah, it's it nice. Is. It's nice to have, you know. Somebody here who really appreciates horror movies, because that's I think how we all how we know you. We know you for your love of horror films. Well, is, it, is that, that how you know me? No, that's not true at all. <laughs> well, to to be fair though, I will say before we get into this week's movie, uh, LBJ. One of the first times I feel like you hung out with Devin is when we went and saw the Friday the Thirteenth reboot with him in the theaters. Remember? That is true. I first of all, I, I know I saw it in the theater. I have a very hard time remembering things just in general. <laughs> I didn't. Rem- I don't remember going to the theater to see it. I don't remember who was with us. Uh, that's and that's not. You know, that's not on you. That's just on me. Uh, oh, but yeah. Well, the, the cl- we cleared up. We saw it on a Friday night when it came out. I think it came out on a Friday the thirteenth. We you went know, to like I a do remember like that. showing. I remember the it's fact that it came out on a Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. But we went, we went with Devin, so okay. just so you know. But anyways, we are not here to talk about the Friday the 13th reboot, although maybe we should sometime. Anyways, <laughs> we, are, we are here to talk about Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Um, and I will say, it, it's kind of like a lot of times, you know, the, the guests come to us with movies right off the bat. And this one was a little back and forth, because I knew that we wanted to do, we try and do something, you know, horror related for Halloween, you know. Uh, so I kind of went down to Devin. I wanted him to be back on the podcast, and I asked him how he felt about um, uh, From Dust Till Dawn because that's my initial thought on it. And he was kind of like, well, you know, I've seen the movie, but I don't really have a special affinity for it. Um, uh, and then, like, this movie came up, and I was like, yeah. I was like, I've never seen this movie. I remember wanting to see it, and I thought it was a good idea. So then I went – and I watched the trailer and I immediately was like, yeah, we got to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of in the same camp with you. Um, I wanted to see this movie and it was in the theaters and then I never got to see it and it disappeared. And then I forgot <laughs> it existed is essentially what it boils down to. And um, so when you said, oh yeah, Abraham Lincoln, vampire, vampire hunter, I'm like, oh, that is a movie. <laughs> we should see that. So yeah, I was, I was totally fine with it. Cool. And you, had, you, had, you had seen it before, right, Devin? I did. Yeah, this was my second viewing. Uh, my wife and my wife, Jen, and I did see this in the theater. Um, that was the first time, only time until until watching it for this this podcast. So I had kind of forgotten that I had seen it until we randomly were just thinking about movies and this one came up. Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it did because I've, I've got a lot of a lot of thoughts. Um, OK, so. <laughs> Release date on this movie is June 18th, 2012. Uh, budget, $69 million. Domestic gross, $37 million. Ooh. That might, be why, that might be why it was gone uh, pretty fast, uh, LPJ. However, worldwide gross, $116 million. So it got a lot of overseas money, which after watching it, that kind of makes sense that this would be more popular overseas than here in the U.S. I don't know. Just just kind of thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. 
you're not wrong. Um, this is definitely, I don't know how to describe this. It, um, it feels like a movie that was made overseas for an overseas <laughs> audience. Yeah, I, I I agree with that to a certain extent. It definitely it has like a weird kind of, just in general, it has like a weird kind of like feel to it. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but it, it's weird. Uh, okay, so the Rotten Tomatoes on this is 34%. Okay. Which is <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, uh, and then an audience score of fifty percent. So okay, again, not super high, but probably seems about right. Um, so top grossing movies of two thousand twelve. <laughs> Believe it or not, we've only done one other movie. Yeah, in I was going to say there wasn't a lot. I know we did not do very many from this era. The the only movie that we have done for 2012 is actually the highest grossing movie of 2012, which is The Avengers. Yep. Um, number two was The Dark Knight Rises, and number three was one of Devin's favorites, The Hunger Games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then this movie came in 85th. <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. So yeah, that so, seems right. Yeah, and again, the the I always go by the. Um, domestic numbers so that obviously it had a bigger gross overseas but um yeah so I, I guess we should next talk about the cast of this before we get into uh net worth um now i didn't recognize the star of this this uh benjamin walker who plays abraham lincoln do you know him either of you guys from anything else i know he's in other things um but other than that no, I don't know him from anything. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I I didn't really recognize him when I first saw the movie, so I I don't know. I didn't know what he was in. The only thing LBJ's that I saw when I was doing my research, apparently he was in season three of Jessica Jones, but I never watched season three of Jessica Jones, so that was that didn't mean anything to me. So maybe that means something to you, but yeah, I, he looks. He I would imagine he looks different. You know, yeah. seven years later, probably eight <laughs> years later. Um, but yeah, I don't really remember him in Jessica Jones. I'm sure he's there. And if I saw him, I'd be like, oh, it's that guy. But <laughs> yeah. Well, uh. well, anyways, so uh, Benjamin Walker plays Abraham Lincoln. We have uh, someone I do recognize. Uh, speaking of uh, Marvel people, Dominic Cooper, yep. uh, young Howard Stark himself playing uh, Henry Sturgis. And another uh, Marvel person, we have Anthony Mackie, the Falcon himself, playing Will Johnson, who I guess I had no idea was in this movie, and I was pretty surprised when he showed up. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, and then the guy that like I recognize so much, but I had to look up his name, was uh, Jimmy Simpson, yeah. who plays uh, Joshua Speed. He's just like that guy I see him, and I'm like, oh, I recognize this guy, but I probably couldn't tell you one other thing that I recognize him. He's in West. He's in Westworld now. He's plays a yeah. big character in Westworld. And um, <clears throat> other than that, you're right. He just pops up in movies all the time. Yeah, especially he's also with, like in that general era, era too. Yeah, he was also on Psych too. I think he uh, was the uh, yes. Uh, he was had a reoccurring role on Psych, but um, I don't know if there. That was kind of to me. Oh, or in Rufus Sewell, he yeah. plays Adam, who's like the main bad guy. But I guess I didn't know him from from Adam. <laughs> yeah, no, he's in um, uh, um, oh the the Amazon series Man in the High Castle. He plays kind of the main anti-hero villain in that. And uh, and he's been in a lot of he's like in, like in the movie Dark City. He's been in a ton of different things, um, but never. And he's always good in whatever he's in, but he's never like okay. the main guy. OK. All right. Net worth. This is going to be an interesting one for you guys, because I looked up six people and I've never had one of these come up where the the range of all these people's net worth is so similar. It's within $3 million. Like they all fit into the same range. It's crazy. Weird. So yeah. So, uh, let's start with, uh, with, uh, Jimmy Simpson. What do you think for him? 
Eight. Okay. Devin? I'm going to say six. Six million. Okay. That's actually way more button. than I... I mean, I know I guessed eight, but... I feel like I feel like even six is a lot for him. I was giving him more than I thought he probably deserved. Okay, so now you know the range. Six is in it. What do you guys think for Rufus Sewell? Sewell. You go first, Devin. <laughs> I'm going to say lower. I'll say five. Okay. I'm going to say seven. Five million. Man, two for two. <laughs> uh, okay. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. You got to go first now, sir. Seven. I mean, LBJ. Seven. Okay. I'll say four. Ooh, I'm sorry, guys. It's six million. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anthony Mackey, the Falcon himself. Uh, I got to go, go first this time? Yes. Uh, I'll say a little higher. I'll say, I'll say nine. Oh, no, wait. Okay. You said it was within three... Uh, maybe that fits. I don't know. I lost track. <laughs> All right. Eight. LBJ. Eight million on the yeah. button. Yeah. Okay. Two more. Dominic Cooper. What do you think for Dominic Cooper? He's got that sweet preacher money. <laughs> LBJ. <laughs> uh, five. I'll say okay. six. Five million dollars. Yeah, it's two to two. And then finally, this I guess will break the tie. Benjamin Walker, Abraham Lincoln himself. Ooh, uh, I'll say six. I'm gonna say five. Six million. But <laughs> I just like Ooh. I just thought that was wild when I was going through. Like they're, they're never that close. When I do like a range of it's like it was so oh, wild yeah. that I kept looking them up, and I was like, <laughs> how are they so close? So um, yeah. So that that was kind of fun. Um, now the director on this, does anyone have an idea how you pronounce his name? Because I am not sure. Uh, Bekmambatov. <laughs> that how do you say his, right. How do you yeah, say his first name? Timur. 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 Yeah, Timur. Or, it's either Timur or or Timur. Timur Bekmambatov. Gotcha. I think he's Russian. So. <laughs> So the only thing that I recognized in his kind of filmography was that he directed that movie Wanted uh, with uh, James McAvoy and uh, Angelina Jolie, which I remember. And it kind of makes sense, like, when I saw that, because, like, they both are kind of, like, very stylized action and kind of have a very, like, distinct point of view or at least kind of vision to the action. So that makes sense to me. Um, (laughs) It was written by this guy, Seth Graham Smith who also wrote the novel Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And the only thing I found interesting, he had, is like things he had written were very weird, like all over the place, because apparently he also wrote the Lego Batman movie. I wrote <laughs> yeah. that down too, yeah. I, I was he like, wrote, what is this guy? Like he wrote like a couple books and some weird screenplays. And I well, was he like, started this. writing, he wrote um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And that was kind of like his big breakout hit. That book became a big sensation. And he followed it up with, uh, I think, actually, no. I think he wrote Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter first and then wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, and then uh, after that, he adapted this. And then people just started throwing him stuff. Like, here, write this. Here, write this thing. <laughs> and none of them are great. <laughs> yeah, I think he did that. I think he did that weird movie. I never saw it with, um, I think it's Johnny Depp. It's called, like, Dark Shadows. Um, oh I, right! Yeah. It was like the like the the t- based on the TV, TV show, series, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I saw a couple of projects that I think are in production. One of them is apparently some untitled Green Lantern TV series. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's he's involved in the one that's going to be on HBO Max. I think I saw that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, not not someone I was super familiar with. And then the the composer on this. Again, uh, we talked about the music kind of like, do we need to play some? And we were like, no, we don't. Uh, it was fine. It was serviceable. This Henry Jackman guy, he had like 52 credits. I think he's done some things that we've done yeah. maybe on the pod before. but He did like uh, X-Men First Class, Kong Skull Island, uh, Captain Captain America. Um, he did uh, oh, Winter Soldier. Winter yeah. Soldier, Kong Skull Island. I just said that. Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, he's done good stuff. Yeah, he has 52 credits as a composer, so, I mean, he's, he's definitely done some stuff. But, again, I didn't think the score was anything uh, super special. No, not memorable. Would you, 
Did you see uh, one of the things, and I this is bordering on role reversal territory, but that they originally wanted like Trent Reznor to do the music for this? Yeah. And that, and that, like, he was going to do it, like, do the score for it. But then, like, I guess it came out that he was going to, and it was, like, a big thing, so that he decided he didn't want to do it, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, so- it sounded like they actually wanted him to play a minor part in the film as well. But then once, to your point, once it got out, it almost kind of lost the, the surprise element, and, yeah. and, he, and he turned it down. I could, I could see him as um, the vampire that kills his parents. <laughs> Trent Reznor. John Je- John Bartz or John, whatever that dude Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, that guy. Uh, <laughs> what is his name? I don't remember his name now. I thought it was Jack Bartz. Oh, Jack yeah. Bartz. Well, anyways, yeah, I could see that. Um, or I could see him playing, because I guess one of the characters that played a big role in the book that they didn't put in the movie was Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. which I thought was pretty hilarious. So I could see Trent Reznor playing Edgar Allan Poe. I don't yeah. know why I could, well, I could see him pulling that off. They filmed this scene, but they cut it. It was, um, or they, they maybe they did like, a, it was like an off-camera scene and it was voiced, but it was voiced by um, Clifton Collins Jr., who is, do you remember in... Um, in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the vegan police. Oh, yeah. He's the other guy. Yeah, yeah. He's not. Oh, the guy that's not Thomas Jane. He's the guy that's not Thomas Jane, yeah. Oh, weird. So are you that's talking, because um, I saw something about, uh, and I watched it, it's called uh, The Great Calamity, and it's actually like a seven-minute animated, they're calling it a deleted scene, but Maybe it's an animated. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's, yeah, that's what, it, yeah, that's what, I, I, I didn't watch it, but I saw it was a thing, because it said, it's like, it's the guy reprising his role as Lincoln and Edgar Allan Poe, but it's all like animated and they do refer to it as a deleted scene. Yeah. So I, I watched it. Um, it's only about like the actual part, like watchable part is only just over six minutes. And then the rest of it is like credits and all that. Um, so basically my understanding of this, this little, this little short deleted scene is it's kind of a, um, it, it functions as like a deleted scene for like people that were really into the book because Edgar Allan Poe was such a huge role in the book and they didn't put him in the movie. So basically these six or seven minutes are, it's Edgar Allan Poe and Abe Lincoln sitting in these chairs in front of a fireplace. And it's almost all Edgar Allan Poe talking. And he's just telling him this story of this old, like Hungarian, like vampire that basically is the reason that vampires came to the United States. And that's essentially the entire thing. So it's showing scenes of this lady kind of killing people, you know, as a vampire and whatnot. Um, It was kind of cool. It was entertaining. Like I said, it's only about six minutes long. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Like I said, I saw that it exists, but I didn't, I didn't look, I didn't track it down to watch it, but I might have to now. You should. Um, (laughs) Okay. Taglines. I got some taglines for you. Only a couple for this one. First one. Are you a patriot or a vampire? If you don't like that one, you're probably not going to like the next one. It's president by day, hunter by night, which isn't even accurate because like when he's when he's hunting vampires in the movies before he's president, he's not even the president. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then he becomes president. He's not really hunting vampires at the very end. So I, don't feel like it's um, um the one thing we're going to get into the plot now, but I, I'm going to save this for the end. But I looked into because uh, Seth Graham Smith, he wrote a sequel. There's a sequel novel to this. It's called The Last American Vampire. Um, and obviously it takes place after this. Uh, I haven't pulled up the description of it. I'm going to save it for the end of and when we're done with the plot. But it sounds insane. I just want to let you know okay. that I read through it and I'm like, oh, boy. So. Uh, I can't wait to tell you guys about that. So, anyways, let's let's get into the plot. Uh, if you guys are ready to kind of buzz through this, yep. Okay, so uh, the beginning of this movie is kind of weird to me because it seemed like it was showing like a modern shot of like the uh, uh, like Washington Monument and stuff, and then like went back in time to show because it goes back in time to like 1865, and you get like kind of a voiceover from Lincoln, but then it immediately cuts back to 1818 which is when like young Abraham Lincoln is growing up uh, in Pigeon Creek. Uh, is it Indiana? Illinois. Oh, no, yeah. it, 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 it no, is Indiana. It I'm sorry. He in starts in Indiana. Indiana. You're right. Yeah. And then he goes okay. to Illinois. Yep. So like young Abe intervenes when his friend who will grow up to be Anthony Mackey is getting whipped by this guy. 
Um, and that's when we're introduced to the, the, the guy, Mr. Bartz. And I have a question for you. Mr. Bartz, he's rocking a top hat and sunglasses. Did they have sunglasses back in 1818? Like, I, were those a thing? I don't know. That's a great question. I really, I <laughs> yeah. really do not know the answer to that. And you yeah, know what? I didn't even think of that. And that's one of those things that, that kind of is littered throughout this movie. There's weird stylistic choices that kind of run in contrast to the the feel of the movie itself. So, like, yeah. the glasses seem too modern for what was going on in the rest of the film. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I mean, I get, I mean, this movie, obviously, you can't take this movie too serious. But it's like, I, I feel like sometimes it tries to take itself more serious than it should be. And then sometimes it's, like, openly just, like, ridiculous. So it, I don't know if it quite found the tone it was looking for, uh, in, in my opinion, at least. Um, but anyways, so Mr. Bartz, uh, or as I refer to him, Top Hat, Top Hat turns out he's a vampire. Uh, he's mad at Abe's, uh, mom and dad. So he breaks into the house and he bites Abe's mom, but she doesn't become a vampire. She just gets really sick and dies. Right. Yeah. He just Um, basically poisons her essentially with whatever his venom is. Right. So, uh, we jump ahead nine years. Abe's dad is dead now. And Abe, Finally, because his dad makes him swear he's not going to get revenge. But as soon as his dad's dead, he's like, hey, I'm going to get revenge. So he has a gun uh, and he decides that he's going to shoot Bart. Uh, but the gun doesn't work. I mean, we, we don't talk too much about the movies before before we record. But me and Devin talked a little bit at this part because he like it's, he drops like the bullet and he's trying to like reload the gun. And he goes into this room and there's just randomly like this dead naked lady. Yeah, <laughs> a quick boob shot. Yeah, it's like, why does that exist in this movie? Like, I mean, it's rated R anyway, so whatever. But it's like, I, there's no reason for her to be naked in that room. It's so it's so gratuitous. Yeah, it's very strange. And like the whole scene of him trying to load the gun, he shuts the door, the ball falls, he tries to find something else to load. It's all so ridiculous. Yeah. So, so he finally gets the gun, re- gun reloaded and he shoots him like right in the eyeball. Um, but then it like turns out that he's not dead because he's a vampire and he starts like kicking the, kicking the crap out of him. Uh, but then Dominic Cooper, who we had talked to before the scene started in the bar, shows up and kind of saves him. And like, here's the question for you guys. He, he fights Bart and he like throws him up in the air and like, he crashes. It's like it's obvious that he's not human, right? Like right. it's clear from the. But like the movie presents it as like a mystery that like it turns out that like Sturgis Henry Sturgis is a vampire, right? Like, am I reading that wrong? Well, like, I it, think it, it's not a mystery to the audience. I think I don't think Lincoln saw him throw him up in the air like that. I think it's okay. a mystery to Lincoln. Okay, like we kind of know what's going on. I was kind of with you, Joe. I wasn't sure about that. I'm like, it's not a surprise because I think that's the scene where he like throws them like up that building and the oh, yeah. is, like flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like the next scene, like he's like putting on like face makeup. And this is a, a big problem I have with this movie. I don't like, there's lots of takes on vampire mythology. I do not like vampire mythology where they're like, yeah, vampires can just be out in the sun. Like I, I feel to me, that's like a key element of like vampires and any kind of like, media is like they can't be out in the sun so when you take that away i don't know i just i feel like it's well, just i don't know you're right and that's another thing if you saw the sign it, it basically advertised for sunblock which they didn't know what sunblock was then <laughs> like sunblock wasn't a thing and that's you know what i'll get into this now and that's kind of my issue with this movie like the stylized violence in it all of that this movie, it needed to do one of two things. It either needed to take out all the stylized violence and be a serious vampire movie, or it needed to be way campier, something like, you know, like like a, uh, I don't even know, like like a like a mummy or something along those lines, and embrace all of that silliness, and then all of those weird things that don't fit would fit because at that point. They're not worried about trying to be a serious movie, which is what they were trying to go for. They're worried about right. being entertaining. And I think that's where this movie fails is it can't decide what it wants to be. I, no, I, I think that that's a very, very accurate assessment of this film is that it can't decide if it wants to be taken serious or just be over the top. And it tries to be both. And 
it doesn't mix very well. No. <laughs> I, I think that's exactly what's going on in this. So that's 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 very astute, LBJ. Thank you. That's what I do. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, after he walks in on uh, another pointless scene, he walks in on Henry like bone zoning some lady in the in the tub in the house when he wakes up. I don't know why that's in there, um, <laughs> but it turns out that Henry's a vampire hunter. Uh, and he's going to train Abraham Lincoln to fight vampires, but he's like, ah, I'm not good at using a gun, but I know how to use an axe. So we get like a montage. And I like how the first lesson of killing vampires is like, yeah, you're going to chop down a tree with one axe swing. And then he does. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Everybody apparently has superpowers. They just don't know how to use them. Yeah. yeah he, thought- he, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I thought that part was was obviously ridiculous because, you know, I think it takes him like eight or nine chops, but then he does finally do it. I, I yeah. feel like I maybe remembered that from the original trailer or like something that I saw. It's just kind of crazy because the tree basically like explodes because <laughs> yeah. of his power. It's like this is a normal human guy that has no superpower. Yeah, and it's not even like he's, like, super fit or anything like that. Yeah. Like, Abraham Lincoln is very tall and, like, gangly and not, like, muscular or anything. Because then we get, like, a, a training. I kind of like the training man- montage. He teaches them to, like, fight in the dark and stuff like that. And they, like, they melt the silver on the tip of his axe, which is pretty cool. Because that can, like, is that's a common thing with vampires, right? That they're, silver? like, silver. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I, what I, I, do agree. I do agree with you. I thought that like that montage, the scene of, of him just kind of like spinning that ax around and the different yeah. training that they do. I did think that was one of the cooler parts of the movie. Yeah, I do. I like, I like all his ax work. And they said that he, yeah. I guess he actually trained the, the actor trained and like to do all those like ax stunts and stuff. He actually like practiced and got good at doing it. So I, I kind of like that. Um, and I, and I like the callback to it later when he's older, Abraham Lincoln, he takes out the ax and he's trying to like twirl around and, it doesn't go as well for him. Um, okay, so then, like, here's another thing, kind of t- to your point, LBJ. Henry's just showing him slides of all the evil vampires, yeah. and I'm like, did, I'm like, did they have slides? <laughs> <laughs> He's just showing him a slideshow of all the vampires. Yeah, I don't and, know. Like, the, the whole crux of the movie is that, like, the vampires, their stronghold is like the southern, like the south of the United States, and like, like all like slavery is all built into like their empire because they use the slaves for like food source for like blood and that's kind of like the whole like like i said crux of the movie is that the the south is where the vampires are yeah so and, and that's that. where the that's what the kind of the, the revisionist history is in this is slavery was brought there because the vampires brought slavery because they needed a food source is essentially right. what they're kind of positing yes exactly um, so then we jump ahead. It's now 1837. Uh, Abe goes to Springfield, Illinois. Uh, he gets a job at the store with uh, Speed, who is that Jimmy Jimmy guy we talked about, the actor. Yeah. Uh, he's he's kind of like, hey, if you work at my store, I'll rent you this room. Um, he meets Mary Todd Lincoln. And then Alan Tudyk shows up in this movie. I forgot to mention that, which oh, yeah. I was like very surprised. He shows up as Stephen A. Douglas. And I was like, is that Alan Tudyk? And I don't, I don't know if you guys watch it on Amazon, but you know, like you pause it on Amazon and it shows you like yeah. all the people seeing the and stuff. And I was like, Alan Tudyk. I was like, it is Alan Tudyk. So, so um, did it? Did so? Were they trying to set up Speed as as like a shifty bad guy? Because that's what it felt like. Weird. And then all yeah. and throughout most of the movie, you can't tell if he's good or bad. And then, yeah. like he's kind of bad, and then he's not actually. It was very confusing to me, like what they were trying to do with him. I think they were trying to set that up so at the end you would believe that maybe he had turned on them. But I think they overplayed it like a little bit. Like I think they made it too obvious. Like like he's constantly giving uh, Falcon the side eye from the moment he enters the movie. And I'm like, what's going on with this? Is he bad? But yeah, I, they, he was weird kind of the way they played his character for sure. Um, okay. So Abe starts getting letters from Henry and they're basically telling him like, who he's got to kill because he knows who the vampires are. I don't know how he knows, but he knows. The first one is the pharmacist. Yeah. So he goes to, he goes to fight the pharmacist and like ends up like falling through a trap door that the pharmacist has set up. And he's like hanging from a rope in the basement. And it's like full of guys that are hanging from ropes that he's like, he's like draining the blood from, <laughs> which is like a very elaborate setup. I thought for this pharmacist, but. Oh yeah. It, 
It was. Is that is that the scene when he has like that knife that he like drops and then yes. slices the guy? Yeah, that, With that his part mouth. was pretty cool too. Like he's holding the knife <laughs> in his mouth and he does like yeah. a sit up and chops his throat. Yeah. I I forgot that he caught the knife in his mouth and then killed him <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but I, I don't know. I kind of liked it. Um, so then uh, Abe and uh, Speed, they get invited to go to a ball. You know, they have balls back then. Uh, Abe dances with Mary. They're kind of getting a little close. They don't like, wasn't, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know my historical stuff that well, but like Mary Todd Lincoln, like her main thing was not anything, but like she was like nuts, right? Like, was that later on in life? Because I feel like they don't really touch on that at all, right? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but I, mind, I, I, maybe. so she's engaged to. Stephen Douglas, or or not Stephen Douglas, uh, yeah, Stephen Douglas. She's yeah, engaged Stephen to, Douglas, to yeah. Stephen Douglas in this, and then all of a sudden she's not, and they don't say anything. She's just like dating Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, they do not. I have a note that says, "Wait, when they get married, I have a note that says, wait, wasn't she engaged to Alan Tudyk in this?'" Like they, like I feel like there's something missing or a deleted scene or something because they they they're like, "Oh, they're engaged," and then it's like, "No, she's not." Yeah, and I expected but, Stephen Douglas to be a vampire too. Oh, yeah, I think they kind of, yeah. So um, after the dance, he fights the vampire at the bank. Uh, he's like on a date with Mary and he tells her like, oh, I was hunting vampires. And she thinks he's kind of joking. Then like out of all the ridiculous things in the movie, at one point she stands on his hat to give him a kiss. And I'm like, that hat's not supporting the weight of a person. It's no. going to collapse. No, he's not wearing an iron hat. <laughs> so um that's when uh Anthony Mackie shows up. He's the the older version of the friend from the beginning of the movie that he that he saved from getting whipped. Uh there's bounty hunters after him because he was like down in the south, like helping like uh basically w- working the Underground Railroad, right? Yep. Like he was yep. helping free uh, slaves. Yep. Um so they they beat up these bounty hunters and then Abe decides he's gonna go into politics. Um, uh, and Henry shows up and is kind of giving him a little bit of crap about going into politics, but he finally is like, all right, finally you can go kill, uh, Bart's the top hat guy from the beginning, the guy that killed his mom. And this, uh, <laughs> this kind of is where like up until this point, I would say this movie, I'm like, okay, okay. It was crazy, but I'm kind of with it. Then this scene happens because somehow they let loose like a pen of horses and there's like a horse stampede and they're like running through these horses fighting. Fuck <laughs> this so movie. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about Joe and I were talking about this. As soon as that scene came on, I literally wrote in my notes so bad. Uh because it was. And it was bad throughout the entire scene. Yeah, like, but like at one part Bart Is he a, is he an acrobat ninja now? <laughs> he picks up a he picks up a horse by the legs and throws it at Abraham. <laughs> that's the that's the other part. So we talked about his normal strength that he should have. The guy just got a full grown horse thrown at him and just keeps going. <laughs> so then they're, then they're like running on top of the horses, <laughs> like like you know, like in a movie when someone runs over the tops of cars, but they're running over galloping horses, <laughs> uh, and they fall over the cliff. And, like, just when you think that Bart's about to kill Abe with his own axe, it turns out that he has, like, a shotgun or, like, a rifle built into the handle of the axe. So he, like, pulls the trigger and shoots him and, and kills him, which is, like, eh, I kind of I, I kind of like that he had a gun built into the axe. Yeah, I think that was cool, but yeah, they don't really explain any of the vampire lore at all. So, like, oh, no. are they special bullets? Can you just shoot vampires in the face and it's cool? They die? I mean, like, what? what's the, what, what's the vampire, like, lore to this? Like, what what, I mean, what are they adopting? Silver bullets, maybe? If you can I kill them with silver? I guess, maybe. <laughs> well, anyways, from that, uh, he kind of learns that Henry, he finally learns that Henry's a vampire. So yeah. he goes and he's really pissed off and he's going to he's going to kill him. But then we get Henry's like tragic backstory and it's that like Adam attacked him and his wife and uh, turned it and like turned him into a vampire, but just straight up like killed his wife uh, and didn't turn her. So that's why he like wants to kill all these vampires. Was Adam a vampire hunter or was I'm sorry, was uh, Henry a vampire hunter before that? No, I don't think so. 
No, I, I thought what the story was is obviously he gets turned into a vampire. And then because only the living can kill the dead, he starts training vampire yeah. hunters. But I thought they mentioned that he was going around killing other vampires. And that's why they turned him. I don't think so. I, I, I didn't get that impression at all either. I, I thought that they were ju- he was just they were just traveling on the road and like they showed up and yeah. attacked him. And then he stuck because then he was like. He was like, I'm going to kill, he was going to kill Adam. But then, like you said, they have that weird loophole in this movie where it's like, oh, well, other vampires can't kill vampires. So that's why he starts training, like, humans to kind of do his work for him because he can't. But then what's the point of him being a vampire hunter? You know what I mean? Like, how does he learn to be a vampire hunter? uh, I don't know. I guess they don't really. Yeah, they don't really say that. I mean, I, is it just that he's he was so upset that he got turned into a vampire? He knows how to hunt his own kind, so he's basically teaching other people how to do that. Or, or, or is it because he he can't kill him himself, so he's got to train people? So he just went and learned everything oh, he on. could about vampires. His character yeah. described right here: Lincoln's mentor in vampire hunting, a former vampire hunter. So they're saying he's a former vampire hunter. Uh-oh. So well, it looks like go. he was a former vampire hunter who then got turned into a vampire. Well, there you go. All right. I, all right. See, and I I didn't pick up on that at all from that scene, but I guess maybe it was there. I mean, I guess that that does make sense. Yeah. I just I didn't I didn't glean that at all. But um, okay. So, anyways, so that's we get his tragic backstory. Uh, then that's when uh, Abe asked, uh, uh, "What's her name?" Uh, Mary to marry him, and that's when I'm like, "Wasn't she already engaged?" Oh, well, who knows? So they have their wedding, and then, like, we cut to a weird scene where, like, all the vampires are, like, looking at, like, Bart's dead body. And I'm like, what is the timeline on them finding this body and Abe getting married? (laughs) Because it seems like it doesn't, like, match up, like, unless they got married, like, immediately. I don't know. I was a little confused by that. It's not necessarily important to the plot of the movie, but I was just a little confused by it. Yeah, there's definitely some Um, scenes that are kind of, they seem out of place and out of order. Yes. Um, so they, and, and maybe you guys can help me with this because they kind of figure out how, how is it that they know that Abraham Lincoln is the one that's killing? Because he has the watch, right, that Henry gave him. Is that what it is? Bart, Bart has the watch, yeah. the pocket watch that Henry gave him. And I don't know if his name's engraved in it or something. It is, but, yeah, but I don't know how he gets it. And he, yeah. <laughs> well, they, he has that. So then they, they kidnap Falcon. Um. And him and Speed go down to New Orleans to rescue him. Um, and they, they go to this old, like, gothic plantation and they bust in. And there's, like, a really weird scene where, like, I'm like, are there vampires hiding in that painting? Because there's, like, a painting. Yeah. And then, like, vampires jump out of it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, I guess those vampires are hiding in the painting. Uh, that I kind of like that. Um, that fight scene, though, where he's killing all the vampires in the plantation house, like, that that was cool to me. He's like, that's where you get a lot of, like, the axe work and stuff like that. Like, I do enjoy the fight scenes in this movie. I have to say, like, they're, like, yeah. I, I enjoy them. I, I can tell from LPJ's face that he did not. <laughs> I, the, my problem is, I, I don't think the fight scenes them, themselves are bad. I just don't think they fit in this movie is my issue. Like, all right. if they were... Again, and again, that's the tone of this movie. Like, if they were not taking it seriously at all, then those fight scenes would make total sense. But the fact that they're trying to take it seriously, like, I I don't want to see that type of fight scene. I want to see him just, like, fighting old school vampires with stakes and, like, you know, maybe he's got an axe, but he's not swinging it around like a a Jedi. (laughs) Um. So, uh, basically, Adam wants uh, Abe to kill uh, Anthony Mackie, and he won't do it. And then, speaking of ridiculous things, Speed busts through the window of this house with the horse and carriage and basically, like, drifts a horse and carriage like you would drift a car. Yeah, the, this scene I, I also wrote down as incredibly lame um, <laughs> because it just it just looked bad. That's so ridiculous. I'm like, oh, yeah, he drifts a horse. Um, And then, like, you're like, okay, well, he drifted a horse. It can't get any weirder than that. But then they're rescued by Harriet Tubman, who shows up in this movie. And I'm like, why did you have to drag Harriet Tubman into this movie? Like, you could have 
you could have not had her in this movie, but yeah. there she is. I didn't She's- even get that, that that that's who it was at first, for whatever reason. Like, it took me a second. I'm like, oh, oh, it's Harriet Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she rescues she rescues them, and then we kind of jump further ahead in time. We, we're back. We're up to Abe getting elected as president. We see some shots of Fort Sumpner in 1861, and the Civil War starts. Um, we, we, we've kind of jumped over a lot of time because Abe is like 50 years old now, and he was probably like in his 20s before. Um, he does the Emancipation Proclamation because he's trying – because his whole thing was like, well, I think that I can combat vampires better by becoming president than I could just like fighting them individually – so he thinks by releasing the slaves, you know, it'll, 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 and it pisses the vampires off. And this is kind of crazy to me because the vampires, they go into the White House and they kill his son. Like, I was like, oh, they're going to bite his son. He's probably going to be okay. But no, his son straight up dies. And I'm like, that's dark. Yeah, that's another weird thing. Like, this movie mixes ridiculous things with super dark things. Like, serious dark. Like, they kill the kid. Yeah. And like I was like, okay, well he's gonna be sick, and he's just gonna know the vampires are mad, mad. But then it's like, no, he's dead, and I'm like, ooh. Well, because wasn't there a part where like once he got bit, um, didn't Sturgis like offer to turn him into a vampire? And yeah. Lincoln was like, no, we're not doing that, and then he dies. Yeah. So of course his wife blames him for the kid's death and all that. Yeah, because Mary, Mary is basically like, yeah, you turn him because I don't want him to die. And it's like, hey, I know what's going on because I read your journal. Because we didn't mention, like, the whole movie, Abe Lincoln has, like, this, like, leather-bound journal that he's, like, writing all his exploits about fighting vampires in. So she read uh, she read it, and she wants him to bring him back to life. But uh, Abe will not go for it and lets him die. Uh, then <laughs> this is where the movie goes off the rails, which is good because we're almost at the end of it. Uh, we go to Adam making a deal with Jefferson <laughs> Davis. Or the Civil War, and he's like, hey, what if we just let vampires fight in the Civil War from the South? <laughs> and that's what they do. Because um, we cut you know, to... Because it's, uh, it's not enough to make them vampires. They have to make them racist, too. <laughs> so we, we cut to Gettysburg, the famous real battle of Gettysburg, and the South has vampires fighting for them. And they're, like, running, and they're, like, getting shot, but they're fine, and then they attack all these guys, and it's like... Uh, it's bad news. Um, and then like, they're like, ah, what are we going to do? They're fighting with vampires. And then it's like, it's really weird to me. Cause then like, it's like Abraham Lincoln forgot that silver hurts vampires because he's like eating dinner with a fork. And he's like, has this big revelation about silver. And it's like, dude, how did you forget? You like fought vampires for a decade or so. Your ex is covered in silver. <laughs> So they decide, they're like, all right, we got to get all the silver to Gettysburg. There's like a big scene of them like going through town, like getting everyone silver. Uh, They melt it all down. Um, We're also led to believe at this point that his buddy Speed sells. We see him talking with like Abe's, not Abe, Adam's like vampire lady. Uh, So we're led to believe that they're selling him out. You know, like I, I don't even know if they give like a great justification as to why he is selling him out. I think he's just like, ah, we're not going to win the Civil War and we're losing too many lives. So I I don't know. It's very confusing to me. Um, so then then uh, the scene I talked about before, he gets his axe out of storage. And I think he's like trying to twirl around and he like drops it or something, right? Like, yes, yeah, like he can't quit. Yeah, it's a little funny. So they're moving the, moving the silver to Gettysburg via train. Uh, the vampires intercept the train and we get the final showdown. Henry shows up. I don't know how Henry knew to be there. Um, this movie, we haven't mentioned it before, but it uses a lot of weird, like, slow motion in it. Like, we'll just, like, cut to a little, like, weird, like, slow motion move or, like, swing. And it, it, it's kind of, I don't know, it, it was kind of jarring to me. It's very stylized uh, of that era. Like, there is, like, in the, like, middle to late 2000s, like, early 2010s, <laughs> there is a lot of that leftover Matrix style, uh, like special effects yeah. they would do. And they would just kind of throw it in randomly. Yes, that that's true. I mean, now that you bring about, I guess that is very of the time yeah. to have that kind of. Cause like fast and furious it. has it. The Marvel movies have it, you know, everything kind of has it in that time frame. 
They, so they were cool scenes, though. I mean, sure. we're, we're talking about some of the ones when he was on top of the train and it was yeah. like slow motion acts and there's like blood spatter kind of being thrown around. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was weird usage of it. I didn't necessarily dislike it, though. It's just kind of strange how they threw it in there. But yeah, LBJ is right. It was very of the time. So sure. um, I mean, the guy yeah, directed I, Wanted and that's basically the entire crux of all of Wanted special effects. Yeah, you can curve them bullets, yo. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should do one at some point. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Okay. Ooh, LB, no, we LBJ. can't. That's fine. LB, just to clarify, LBJ, who wants to do every movie in the Resident Evil series, just balked <laughs> at the idea of doing uh, Wanted. But anyways, um, so... Yeah, I like the fight scene in the train when they're up when they're fighting the vampires and they're on the roof and like Falcon gets in on it and stuff like that. I I kind of like all that stuff. That 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 kind of worked for me. Um, Adam breaks Abe's axe, which is a bummer because uh, that's like his famous axe. Uh, he bites Abe, but I guess he doesn't kill him. Uh, then Henry shows up and they fight. Uh, but then like the big reveal is that like Speed didn't sell them out. They actually set up the vampires because the silver is not. On the train, Silver, by the way, was being taken to Gettysburg by Harriet Tubman and Mary Todd Lincoln, who like left the White House and just like walked it down to Gettysburg. In, in the and other walked, train, the uh, the, the Underground, underground Railroad. Railroad. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, because so, um, like I said, so Adam kills Speed. Um, he, then, like, um, yeah, so like he kills uh, Adam. He takes that watch and I guess like he puts it in his hand and like punches him in the heart or through the heart or I think he what punches like through his chest, doesn't he? Yeah. He literally punches it into his body. <laughs> and kills him. And he's dead. And like while this is going on, they're on this like way taller than I think existed, like wooden bridge that this train is traveling on. It's just like huge. And it's on fire now, and so it's like falling apart and like <laughs> They're like running and like the trains jumping over tracks and it's just it's insane. Uh, it looks like they're gonna die, but Henry saves them. Uh, that's when you get the reveal that I'm sorry that Mary took the silver and luckily she gets to kill the vampire that killed her son because that lady's there for some reason. I don't even know why she was at Gettysburg, but she's there and Mary Todd gets to kill her, which is great. Um, Isn't that when she shoots her in the head with that necklace, the yeah. silver necklace? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> it was the silver necklace that had like the action, the, well, the little soldier yeah, on it. That her it son was like was a silver, with. yeah, it was like a silver soldier that her son was playing with. Right. So she puts it in the gun and fires it out and shoots that lady vampire in the head with it. You're right, I forgot about that important fact. Um, so then, uh, Civil War's over. I, I think we get some of the um, Gettysburg Address, right? Like, we yeah, get him, like yeah. getting. Um, so then, like, the war's over, Henry and Abe are still buds, he wants to make Abe immortal, and Abe's like, nah, I don't want to do that. And then, of course, like, kind of a really lame bit, like, Mary's like, hurry up, Abe, you're going to be late for the theater. And he's like, okay. So he, like, gets in and he leaves. Uh, and then uh, we cut to, like, modern times, and it's, like, echoing when we first, Henry's first introduced to um, Abe, where he's, like, at the bar, and like I, and I think he's like it's something like oh, people only get drunk for that reason, like because they're when they're looking something about a woman or they're looking to kill a man or something. And it's like yeah. it's just like echoing the scene, like that Henry's still around, still training people to fight vampires. And yep, that's the end. That's it. <laughs> Movie's over. <laughs> but let me let me okay. So let me do this real quick because I was saving it for you. Yeah. So the sequel book, The Last American Vampire. This is the this is the the write up on it. In the Reconstitution era America, vampire Henry Sturgis is searching for renewed purpose in the wake of his friend Abraham Lincoln's shocking death. Henry's will be an expansive journey that first sends him to England for an unexpected encounter with Jack the Ripper, then to New York for the birth of the new American century, the dawn of the electric era of Tesla and Edison, and the blazing disaster of the 1937 Hindenburg crash. Along the way, Henry goes on the road in a Kerouac and influenced trip as Seth Graham Smith ingeniously weaves vampire history through Russia's October Revolution, the First and Second World Wars, and the JFK assassination. Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. That's, uh, 
Man. So it's, it's basically like, hey, remember in Forrest Gump when he interacted with all those historical people? Like, what did we do that in the book for? Like, really? He goes and fights Jack the Ripper? Yeah. I can't wait um, for that movie. God, I, I, no, and I'm surprised. I, I'll be honest with you. Like, as, as many faults as this movie has, um, I'm surprised that, like, just for the overseas money that this never got a sequel, since there's a sequel book, I'm surprised it didn't get a sequel. Well, Aren't you a little bit? Um, no, I don't know. Because <laughs> movies like this, you know, unless they made a lot of money, they usually didn't get, like, sequel. Like, look at Wanted. Wanted never got a sequel. And Wanted, Wanted did much better than this one did. That's fair. Oh, also, one last thing about the sequel book. I wanted to tell you guys that the cover is, like, that famous picture, you know, at the end of World War II where that the sailor's, like, kissing yeah. the nurse on the street. Uh, but she's like, he's like biting her neck and she's like covered in blood. Oh, okay. Well, that's, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, when we ever, if we ever start a spinoff podcast where we cover books, that's going to be my first pick. Great. Is that your favorite movie? Books? <laughs> <laughs> His favorite movie is books. <laughs> uh, um, does anyone, uh, do you, did you say you have some role reversals? I do. I actually have quite a few role reversals for this. Okay. And they're all for Lincoln. Um, <laughs> I guess initially Tom Hardy was going to be cast in this, but he had to drop out because of the Batman commitment. Yeah. So I, I, Tom Hardy would be better or worse. I mean, obviously anything with Tom Hardy, I feel like is better because yeah. Tom Hardy kind of rules, but I don't know. He doesn't seem like he has the right build for Abraham Lincoln. Like he's kind of more of a compact, like muscular guy. And it, Lincoln's a tall, gangly guy. So yeah. I, I don't know if he could have pulled it off. I agree with, I agree with that. I mean, I like Tom Hardy, but I just don't know that he fits the profile. I agree. Yeah. In this list that I have, I'll save the one that I think would have been better uh, for last. Uh, next one would have been Eric Bana. I mean, maybe, but yeah, yeah possibly. Uh, Adrian Brody. Yeah, probably. Eh. Josh Lucas. I don't really like him. Josh Lucas, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that I would see him doing it, but uh James Darcy, who I can't picture in my head. Like I don't I know he's been in a bunch of stuff. I know he's English. I just can't I don't know who he is exactly. The uh, name sounds really the only thing and this will fact check this later, I think he might be the guy that plays uh in the Agent Carter oh, series, yes. he's the guy that plays. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, he plays Jarvis. Jarvis. Yes, yeah. that's exactly yeah. who he is. I think he would have okay. been fine. Yeah. Uh, comedian Rob Hubel. That's interesting. Like, I feel like he fits the physical profile, yeah. but yeah, at least the size wise, I don't know. Like, that would have been weird because he's pretty overtly comedic in most roles. Now, here's the one that I think would have been pretty okay: Timothy Oliphant. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I everything see that one. I'm a fan. Yeah, I think that I think that would work. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. He's I think he's one of those guys that's like taller than I think in real life. So I think maybe he could have pulled it off. And plus, Oliphant rules. So oh, he he's does. Great. He does. Everybody loves Raylan Givens. Oh, oh my gosh! I can't want to go back to watch that show again. Yes, that's our spinoff podcast. We're just going to do a watch through of Justified. That <laughs> that would be <laughs> something I'd sign up. I am in. Yeah, I'm, to- I'm totally in for that too. I love that show. Uh, but no, I I think you would have been cool in that. Yep. Were were those all your Lincoln role reversals? Because I did see another one for Henry. Oh yeah, who was it? It was apparently the person who was originally offered the role um, was Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I didn't see that. Huh? And, and apparently he turned it down. Oh. <laughs> I thought, well, here's what I will say about, I think all the performances in here were really good. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, because I, I really do like Dominic Cooper in this, yeah. and I think Anthony Mackie's great in it, and, you know, like, I, you're right, like, all the performances, like, it's not a case where, like, people kind of are half-assing it or whatever, like, I think every, even the guy that plays uh, Lincoln, I think, does a really good job. I, I think agree. He he looks a lot like Liam Neeson to me too. I don't kind know of. if anyone. I got. I got a, like a Liam a Neeson bit. too. But, and but. I think that's my big my big issue with this movie is it's such a missed opportunity. Like if they had just gone serious with it, it would have been great, like a really really good movie. Or if they would have done the opposite and gone super super crazy with it and like not worried about being serious, maybe threw in some more jokes, 
then I think it would have been really good too. But I think all these all of these actors that are in this are more suited for a serious movie um, that's more rooted in reality than what they sort of presented here in this particular movie. I, and I, I definitely agree with you. I think they probably should have, you know, picked a lane and, and went with it and kind of went full into it. And it might have, you might have got it because it is some of the stuff is like jarring, like, like me, like Devin and I were talking about, like the scene when you jump into all the horses and it's just yeah. like, I mean, like there's, there'd been some crazy stuff in the movie, but it had still been somewhat grounded. And then that happens and you're like, what is going on? This guy just threw a horse. <laughs> But it's very jarring. So it's like, yeah, they, they definitely couldn't decide on a tone. And it would have been better had they just picked one avenue and just gone for that. I, I agree with you 100% on mm-hmm. that. Um, does anyone have anything else that they wanted to bring up that we didn't mention specifically? Or So the only other, the only other thing, and I meant to mention it at the beginning, but I kind of forgot it in my notes. I just thought it was kind of, kind of cool. Um, so they said... This that when this movie came out, um, it made an unconventional debut with a screening for the troops that were deployed in the Middle East. So apparently what they did was they screened it to over 1,800 sailors aboard the Navy aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln. So it actually, they, they said that Benjamin Walker was there. He was completely dressed in character as Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> And it was based, they said it was the first time a major motion picture made its debut for U.S. service members, which I don't know why they chose this movie, (laughs) but I did think it was kind of cool. No, that is kind of cool. They're like, we cannot pass up this opportunity to go do this (laughs) ship named the Abraham Lincoln with our Abraham Lincoln movie. Can you imagine? You know Daniel Daniel Day-Lewis isn't doing this for Lincoln. How wild (laughs) would it be if you were serving on the boat at that time and some dude's there full Abraham Lincoln, like, in characters, Abraham Lincoln, like, I brought a movie for you to watch, and it's Abraham Lincoln's Empire <laughs> Hunter. Like, I would have to be such a weird, surreal experience if you were serving on the boat at the time. Well, I got news for you. We have a serviceman here we're going to interview who was <laughs> on the boat at the time. No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> <laughs> just pops into the call. Whoa! Um... Yeah, that's, I think, I mean, I, I think we're probably ready to rate this. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I'm I, good. I'd say we're good. Let me hit the button. All right. Well, Devin, since you are the guest, you either get to rate it first or pass on to one of us. What do you want to do? I will start. Um, I agree with a lot of what we talked about today. Everybody's perspective. Um I will say, this, as I mentioned, this was my second time seeing the movie. I barely remembered any of it when I chose the movie. I, I remembered a couple of scenes, and as I rewatched it, it, it kind of came back to me. Is uh, interesting as it is, um, is is goofy as it was at times with some of those scenes we talked about with with the horse and carriage through the you know the plantation and in the horse <laughs> scene. I will say that I was. I was entertained by it. Um, I thought the fight scenes, I know it, it, you know, maybe they didn't fit completely what maybe the, the movie was going for, but I actually thought those were some of the cooler scenes. Um, I don't know that I would go out and see this movie again or tell people that they would have. To <laughs> so I, I would rate this as three machine guns. All right. Three machine guns. Okay. Right. Um, I'll go, I'll go next. Cause I don't, I don't think my opinion is too far differing from Devin's. Um, yeah, this movie doesn't work as a whole. Like, and I think you hit the nail on the head, LBJ, with your assessment that it kind of it, it tries to toe this line or, or walk in between two kind of way, of, and it doesn't pull it off because like it, it, the 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 non serious stuff is so out there that it just it, it just clashes and it doesn't work. That being said, I didn't hate watching this movie. I kind of had a fun time with it once I realized how ridiculous it was going to be. Like, I kind of was just like, all right, I'm on board for this. Like, and I, like, as dumb as some of the stuff was, I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Harriet Tubman's in this movie. I mean, it was just, it was so wild. But I, I'm kind of on board with Devin. They may not have fit, but I liked the fight scenes. Like, I thought that they were entertaining, and I liked all the axe work. But, yeah, I don't think I'll ever need to see this again. And I wouldn't ever recommend it to anyone. It's like, I mean, if it was on, like, 
cable or something and you could watch it for free or whatever, but don't rent it like I had to. Um, but I'm probably going to back it down a little bit from Devin. I'm going to give it two and a half machine guns. Yeah, I'm kind of in that boat. I mean, I like the pieces of this movie and I like what this movie could have been. But overall, like, so, so if you just watch the fight scenes and nothing else, <laughs> you'll have a good time. If you watch everything else and not the fight scenes, you'll be entertained as well. If you watch them together, you're probably going to hate the movie um, because they don't work. Like it's it's two different things. You know, it's like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like putting together. I don't know. Vomit with peanut with with like jelly. They're not. They're just different things. Like you don't want to mix. Oh, such a such a disgusting okay, maybe that, comparison. Maybe not vomit and jelly. Maybe like <laughs> I don't know, buttered popcorn and um. Tr- no, trail mix works with that too. Buttered popcorn kind of works with everything. I don't know. It's just that they don't mix. There's two things here that don't mix. And <laughs> sh- sure, watch the movie, judge for yourself, but keep an open mind that you're not necessarily going to be fully entertained. Uh, it's it's a two, and I feel bad because I bought it because it was only two dollars more for me to buy it than it was to rent it. So now I own this movie that I'm never gonna watch again, and so I'm a little I'm a little sour about that. But uh, yeah, it's a two, two machine guns. And and I think one of the things I read about it, and it kind of maybe sums up the whole thing of the movie is like, it, it's kind of like they thought of a really cool idea, you know, like a good, like, Oh, wouldn't this gimmick be cool if it was like Abraham Lincoln, but he was secretly fighting vampires, but then didn't really weren't able to flesh it out, you know? And who knows, maybe the book works better. I don't yeah. know if the book works better or not, or it just, they just didn't translate it well to film. From what I, I read, know. from what I read about it, the book takes the serious route. It doesn't okay. add all the goofiness. Because uh, because really, essentially, all the goofiness in this movie is all visual. Like it's all that's true. It's all stylized visual things. The tone of the movie is basically taken directly from the book. It's just like all this stuff. Essentially, it's all the stuff the director adds is all the visual components to it are what you know piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, book, the book takes a serious route and has a big best buds of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably works then, great in the book. No, but I understand what you're saying because you're right. Like all the, all the stuff that probably makes the movie ridiculous is like all those visual touches and stuff that the director went with for the fight scenes, which while I enjoy, they do work kind of completely against the rest of the tone of the movie. So I could see that the book would probably be more of a cohesive experience if you will you know i I, i'm gonna posit this too if you took any director and gave them the exact same script they would probably make a better movie even if you didn't change anything you just picked a different director i think it would have been a better movie that that could be true because i i do think especially knowing that this guy made wanted like that's the kind of vibe you get from the fight scenes and with the slow-mo and all that stuff so it's like yeah who what would this have been like in somebody else's hands you know like 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 tim burton directed it we know you know who i want to see make this movie sam raimi see i think that's too over the top for you well i think he wouldn't go serious i think he would go the right amount crazy with it yeah it would be it would be like another dark man Ooh, Devin, who do you want to see direct this movie? Uh, wow, didn't think about it. <laughs> imagine, imagine David Fincher directing this. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, I'm imagining it. It's a good movie. <laughs> I'm watching it on my mind right Trent now. Trent Reznor's doing the score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trent Reznor definitely is doing the score. And he's playing Edgar Allan Poe in it. Yeah. <laughs> I get, uh, you know what? That movie would have been great. Trent Reznor, <laughs> David Fincher, right. Edgar Allan Poe. Perfect. That's what I. That's the movie I want to see. In our new, in the new segment we started, we're all we're going to agree on a spin-off movie. Ours is going to be called Trent Reznor, Vampire Hunter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he might actually be a vampire too. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think I think we got it. I think I think we all I think we're all fairly close to the same opinion on this movie. Like I, I don't think we're too far off. Yeah. as to how we kind of all feel about it. As in, like, it's a good attempt, but it doesn't quite pull it off. But, you know, 
for cracks and giggles, it might be worth watching if you haven't seen it. Just just for the kind of novelty of it, if you will. Yes, for craps and giggles on our highly censored episode that we just did. <laughs> for craps and giggles. I don't know. I mean, sorry, shits and giggles, Thank LBJ. You. This is, it a, this is not a work Zoom is. call. Uh, all right um i think we did it uh devin did you have anything you wanted to plug at all uh any any plugs any previous uh, appearances on the podcast you want to plug people should go back uh, not listen. really i feel like you always ask me that question I, I mean i have been on a few times but all the episodes are great yeah uh i particularly if you're gonna go back and listen to a devin one i would say either commando yep. which is one of my favorite movies that we've done at the salt time or i think we surprisingly had a lot of fun when we talked about uh desperado which is one of the i few have not episodes, listened to that back yeah, yet i need to listen to one that. of the few episodes not featuring lbj but we yeah. we all kind of had a lot of fun talking about it was that. a good time yeah i'm sad i missed that one <laughs> we'll do it again sometime yeah. and we'll let you be on it uh, but other things you can listen to if you're, you know, sick of us, uh, you can listen to the Gamezilla podcast on uh, Mondays they record live and then they release it on Tuesdays. You can, if you're not quite sick of me in a different format, you can uh, listen to me on uh, Noobs and Dragons with uh, Craig WK and Sphinx and Matrick, which is our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, on Thursdays, you can listen to uh, Legend of Retro on Endgamezilla Media. That's our retro video game podcast. And um, right now it's on hiatus, but you can listen to previous episodes of uh, Noise Lane Arcade, which is our uh, Simpsons podcast. Uh, and they're all available at GameZillaMedia.com or anywhere where podcasts are available because, you know what? We're big time now. We got stuff everywhere. <laughs> um, and, and I guess the only thing I'll say is if you're if you're really liking what you're listening to on the network and you want to support us that extra step, uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, we offer a couple of different tiers that you can support us at. There's a one dollar tier where you get a bunch of extra stuff, but also if you if you jump up to that five dollar tier, all the shows on the network we have uh, extra episodes that they put out every month just for the the Patreon that tier. Uh, we put out the post credit scene every month, which is kind of like instead of focusing on a movie, we focus on a, a topic or, or a genre or something like that, and kind of it, it's more free form and less formatted like this. But uh, if you're liking what you're hearing, maybe check it out, and you know we we'd appreciate any. Absolutely. Uh, we also appreciate uh, Devin for being here. Devin, thanks for uh, thanks for being on. Always great to be here, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was good to have you back. We're, we'll make sure that it's not such a long gap in between appearances this time. Sounds good. I will be back. Maybe, maybe we'll even let you pick the movie next time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you kind of picked this. We just gave you a genre you had to pick here. Yeah, so. that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well. This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>